Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt Des Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. Hey guys, on today's episode, we would like to continue the conversation we had a couple weeks ago. We had our great friends, Cindy and Brooke Moore on, and hopefully you got a chance to listen to that. And if you haven't, highly suggest go back and listen to that. Um, we talked about breaking stigmas regarding mental health and suicide, and we wanted to continue that conversation, but today we wanted to focus on... Um, anxiety specifically. And uh, yes, like Des said, that episode, we've gotten some amazing feedback and it's really helping so many different people. But we really want to press into this topic of anxiety and faith, being believers, dealing with anxiety. You know, anxiety is affecting over 40 million adults in the United States between the age of 18 and older. Anxiety disorders are, are the most common mental illness in the U.S. And right now with the pandemic, financial issues, so many different things going on, we've talked to quite a few people that have been dealing with high levels of anxiety. And uh, we actually just wanted to dive into that. I know both me and Des have dealt with that uh, in the past and uh, just some things that have helped us, but actually just having this conversation because sometimes when it comes to mental health issues, sometimes as believers, we have not been the best of actually helping people, being there for people, walking through. Sometimes it's just we give a spiritual answer, and it's just like, get over it, and we actually create more shame, more guilt. And so some of the things that have actually helped us, we actually want to talk about this and really go for it on this episode. And before we dive into it, I just wanted to make sure you guys understand we are not doctors, we're not medical professionals, so we are not speaking to you in such a way that we are giving medical advice. We are simply sharing with you some of our journey in regards to anxiety, as well as just some research that we've done regarding this subject um, for our own lives and, and just walking a lot of people through this topic. Yeah. And you know, one of the triggers, babe, that actually can trigger anxiety or an anxiety disorder in the area of mental illness is change and transition. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of transition going on right now. Change is many times a hard thing to deal with. I know we just recently did a uh, transition on a webinar teaching uh, uh, called Navigating the Season of Transition, which we had quite a few people join, and then we did some transition coaching. But along with that, we're also finding out during transition, people are being triggered and anxiety, fear, worry has actually been a fruit of the transition and helping people process through this. And, you know, one of the things about the effects of anxiety on your body is that it actually can begin to affect your body in many ways. A sense of doom, panic attacks are a result of anxiety, deep depression. Uh, some of the actual um, physical things that your body takes on could be headaches, irritability, breathing problems. Anxiety causes a rapid, shallow breathing pounding heart, upset stomach, extreme fatigue. You can even see an increase in blood pressure, muscle aches, and other pains. And it's actually your body actually sending you a signal that there is some form of anxiety that you could be dealing with. Yeah. And and I just want to mention really quick that, you know, the one topic of anxiety is so broad. Yeah. Um, there's so many different levels. And there's definitely a huge difference between 
bouts of anxiety, bouts of worry. I think everyone on the planet goes yeah. through that. That's yeah. that's a kind of a natural part of life that we we get concerned about certain situations and and we feel a sense of anxiety, you know, emotionally or physically. Um, that's very different than having anxiety and anxiety disorder or, um, you know, chronic anxiety in your life. And so, you know, we kind of want to speak to both a little bit and kind of go into what is the root of anxiety and how can we overcome this in our life? Yes. And according to healthline.com, there are several types of anxiety disorders. It includes what they call GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, GAD is actually marked by excessive anxiety for no logical reason. And it's affecting 6.8 million American adults every year. It's uh, diagnosed with extreme worry and uh, various things that can last six six months or longer. And then you also have social anxiety disorder, where this is a paralyzing, paralyzing fear of social situations of being judged or humiliated by others, which creates social fear, a shame and being alone. Uh, there's also post-traumatic stress order, PTSD, which is actually a stress a stress disorder that is actually triggered by some kind of traumatic event. Uh, it could be pregnancy. It could be a natural disaster. This is even what we talked about, transition. Uh, a lot of uh, people who've been to war or have been in the military sometimes have this type of uh, disorder. It's a physical attack and it's triggered without warning. And they also have uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, uh, which creates anxiety. And uh, there's many different things about that, you know, in in that area of uh, common compulsions. And then there's phobias. Uh, These are fear oriented. These are could be like claustrophobia, uh, afraid of heights, and many things that cause anxiety in the body. And then there's panic disorder, and this causes panic attacks, spontaneous feeling of anxiety, terror, impending doom. Uh, Some of the physical symptoms include heart palpitations, chest pain, and shortness of breath. And much of this anxiety is central around the central nervous system. And researchers are not exactly sure the cause of anxiety. You know, it could be a combination of factors, including genetic or environmental factors, as well as brain chemistry, you know, but I think generally what we have come to find out that there is some kind of trigger, whether it is genetic, environmental, brain chemistry, or there's a lot of other things on the spiritual side that can be triggers in our life um, if we are unaware of what's going on around us. And so I know for me personally, I have definitely gone through different kinds and different levels of anxiety throughout my life. And, you know, it's ranged from, you know, just fear, yeah, fear of a lot of things, just fear overwhelming my life. You know, I've talked recently more about this and, and just breaking the power of fear and intimidation in my life, which, which has been, it's been good because I feel like if we can talk about it, it gives us permission to walk through the process. I think when we hold everything in and we just, yeah. you know, have whatever lie we're believing about, oh, we have to be tough or we have to have yeah faith or we, you know, we're not allowed or we're not supposed to be going through this. That just debilitates us even more, you know? And I feel like there is a lot of misconceptions, uh, in the body price in the church, in my opinion, about who is the person quote unquote, that deals with anxiety. You know, I think in the past, you know, uh, maybe as a believer, as a Christian, you maybe, maybe it was you, you thought, you know, 
that's this one kind of person. That's a person who they just don't have that much faith. You know, they have low self-esteem. They just, they don't step out. They don't try much. They, they don't choose to do hard things in their life. They play it safe. You know, they're just in home in their room. You know, they don't want to come out. They, they just are full of fear. You know, I want to tell you right now, and I want to break that misconception because I don't, I don't identify with any one of those things I just said. You know, I, I have continually chose to do hard things in my life in the midst of fear. You know, I, I have chose to walk this road with the Lord and walk this, um, you know, walk of faith and, and he's told me to do hard things and told me to take big risks. And you know what? I've done it. I have over and over and over, but anxiety would keep popping its head up. It would keep you know, stare, trying to stare me down and come around the corner and it, and it has manifested in so many different ways, you know, and, and recently, um, you know, you know, our heart, if you've listened Mm -hmm. to our podcast, we, we want to be real with you. We are not hiding anything from anyone. And, and on the contrary, I feel like the more real we are about what we're going through, I feel like gives you permission to talk about what you're going through, to get the help you need and to break all these stigmas that are, are keeping people bound and, um, just feeling shame over it really. And so if that is the, the one thing that we communicate today is just breaking the stigma of shame that is associated with, um, dealing with anxiety, I really hope that we accomplish that today. Yeah. You know, and even in the context of a husband and wife, like I was guilty of some of the things that said earlier on that probably enhanced her anxiety because being raised up in church, we don't realize how sometimes our, the lens in which we see life is colored. And usually many times we don't do the coloring. It's what we inherit, uh, what's been taught that we don't seek out the truth for ourselves. And so sometimes the lens in which we're looking through in life is something that's been given to us, not necessarily, not necessarily something that we've went on a journey uh, to discover with the Lord uh, ourselves. And so with that said, you know, growing up in church are some things I, t- I was taught. Uh, I know we said in the last episode, I was taught suicide was evil, you know, and then I think many times what happens, we don't realize that we still have categories that we're taught to categorize people. Uh, categorize sin, categorize, you know, different things. And so it's in a category. So when you have a category, you are, uh, you not only have a, a way of looking at things, but also categorizing people. And like Des said, so, so well, just a few minutes ago, I think, you know, when you are taught about anxiety or fear, you know, in, in a spiritual context, that doesn't give permission for the genetics or actually even some of the chemical things that go on in the brain, then we hold people just to a spiritual aspect, but not understanding the natural aspect. And uh, this is by no means giving people uh, permission to do either because it's, it's both and more. It's not just one way. And so I think sometimes in that I've been guilty of just like what, not understanding what anxiety was and how to deal with it. You know, it's easy to be a pastor, right? And I know so many times in our marriage, uh, I just say, I'm not looking for a pastor. But, you know, some of the things that I've done is trying to pastor her. And, and when she has anxiety and give her these, you know, super spiritual uh, <laughs> context, and it doesn't help. It actually would make her feel more guilt, more shame, more alone. And then something happened to me uh, about five years ago. It was actually during our transition that I was triggered. 
with stress and anxiety. And I started having severe stomach issues and I had to be rushed into the doctor because I thought I was actually having appendicitis. Well, it found out that I had gotten diagnosed and it's been a battle with diverticulitis. And many times stomach issues, we've we've gone on the journey, we've learned this, that, you know, our stomach carries emotional memory. Mm -hmm. So sometimes stress, worry, anxiety, many times stomach issues are a result of unprocessed emotions and things going on. And so I finally began to understand somewhat what Des was going through. And it changed not only my compassion, but it changed even some of the answers and ways we begin to develop this actually dialogue with anxiety. Yeah, that's really good. And you know how we're talking about breaking the shame. And you know, there were times when, when you, you, <laughs> you didn't necessarily help me in the moment, oh, man. you know, that I was dealing with that, you know, and I'm, I forgive you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but boy. I think, I think the thing that, um, a lot of times when I, it would make it harder on me is that I, in those moments, I, I was aware that I wasn't seeing clearly. Mm -hmm. I was aware. And I was aware that there was probably a lie I was believing. And it was, you know, making all the things I was feeling exaggerated, right? And so when I come to my husband, and you said I didn't want a pastor. That doesn't mean that I don't want to be pastored. I just didn't want to be pastored by you (laughs) in that moment, you know, because, because what I really was desiring a lot of times was to feel validated, that I was loved, I was accepted, that all those things. And if I felt like you were just trying to give me an answer or you were trying to tell me what I'm not doing right, that just exaggerated my feeling of oh, well, I'm just, you know, I'm doing all this wrong and I'm not doing, you know, the, the right things. And, you know, uh, maybe I do have no faith. Maybe I am a mess, you know, mm. maybe I am all these things, you know, and even if that's not what you were saying, that's how I, I made yeah. me feel. And so I love how you said that, you know, sometimes that anxiety is a result of unprocessed emotions. And yeah. I just want to concur on that because I know for me, um, that was the case many, many, many times that, I felt this uneasy, unsettled, really intense feeling. And again, I am a feeler. So yeah. I, I process a uh, spiritual information in my feeler, quote unquote. And so, um, it, it, it exaggerates it. So anyone out there that you feel like you resonate with that and you feel like that you're a feeler, um, I have talked to so many people and often uh, unfortunately, a lot of feelers deal with this. Yeah, um, it's and it's not meant to torment us. And this is why I, we want to get to the good news part. This is not meant to be something that is a plague in our life, and it is our thorn in our flesh, and it is we are going to live with this forever. No, there are real solutions. There are real tools that the Lord has already given us that we want to get into. You know, and when I started really learning about kingdom realities um, in my early 20s. You know, I was raised in the church, and I've talked about this many times. Um, Christian home, amazing home. Yeah. Learned so much about faith and about walking with the Lord. But, you know, I didn't really learn about how to walk out um, a a free, fruitful life in the kingdom. And really until in my early 20s, I started to realize that um, there was so much more available to me. And so I became so passionate about wholeness. If I 
were to, you know, pinpoint one thing, what is my primary passion, you know, in, in life and what I want to help people with, it would be transformation because I feel like that, that is really my starting point. I know we've, you've talked about that before about what, what your entry point is in the kingdom is usually, you know. I don't know how you say it, but it's really good. <laughs> but that was really my entry point. Like, cause I knew the stuff I knew, like the, the principles, but I didn't know how to, and I didn't know what I was lacking until I really started learning about, you know, sozo and wholeness and, and, and the word salvation, right? It means healed, delivered, saved it. There's so much more than just salvation. Right. And so when I started diving into that, I just got passionate about seeing people free and whole. And this is a huge part of it, you know, and because I, I dealt with fear, you know, in a lot of different ways and in a manifest in a lot of different uh, areas of my life. But I, I did come to this place that I knew that we are, you know, we're all connected. It's mind, It's body, it, it's spirit, it's we're our soul. We're all connected. We're a, a being that is complex and it's all connected, right? Yeah. So if you're dealing with something in your brain, it's going to affect your emotions. If you're dealing with something in the spirit realm, yeah. it's going to affect your body and vice versa. It, we, it all affects each other. And so if you have some kind of, um, you know, propensity towards something, if you maybe have a, a, uh, like we talked about some genetic factors, some people may be a little more prone to deal with it because of genetics, but that doesn't mean that it's just your lot in life that that's just, Oh, well you just got to deal with it now. No, that just means you uh, understand and you recognize that that is an area that you need to get some, some either counsel on some healing in some, um, you know, some more tools because we all have things, we all have things, whether it's anxiety or something else. There's always something that we need to know how to get breakthrough in so that we can help others do the same. Yeah. And that that quote I I usually say you were talking about earlier is that I always say that your entry point into the kingdom becomes your demonstration point. Right. And the aspect is because your entry point is the, is your reality. Mm -hmm. It's what you've encountered experienced. So your reality now becomes your demonstration. And I love what you're saying, because I think the moment that we recognize it's almost like there's a stigma about um, actually saying I have something. You know, um, I know whenever I'm sick, I always like to say I'm battling this. Yeah. But there's something, unless there's an awareness, acknowledgement, you, you really can't deal with something. And it's almost like growing up in church, there's a almost a fear to acknowledge, to identify with something. That's true. Because if I identify it, then this is my ultimate identity. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. And I, I'm very careful not to do that as well. And I've heard, you know, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, which is an amazing resource. If you haven't heard of her, go look her up. She has a lot to say about this subject, but she, um, I just watched a video the other day that she had put online and she said that be very careful not to call it mine. Yes. Don't call it. This is my anxiety. This is my, um, depression. This is, you know, because you don't want it to become a place that you identify with in, you know, and honestly, there's a lot of people that do this on purpose so that they have something to, you know, excuse them from, from a lot of things. And, and I'm not diminishing the fact that it's real, believe me, but I do want to recognize the fact that 
this isn't your identity. Yeah. This is not who God created you to be. He didn't put the anxiety on you. He didn't put the depression on you. This is not um, what wholeness and freedom looks like. And this is not also on the same token. We're also saying there is no shame in it. There is no shame in recognizing that you're dealing with it and you're battling it because I'm doing that. So you can have permission to do the same. You know, I, I like I said earlier, it's manifested in a lot of different areas in my life. And, you know, there's a, a lot of different triggers that it could be. So for me, I just want to give you a few examples of just stuff I've gone through. I know I have talked about this on a previous episode. Um, I went through about a five year um, time frame in my life where I had anxiety pretty much every day. And I, you know, I relegated to, I, I just have fear and I need to overcome fear. And so I would, I would go through the prayers and I would go through the healing and I would go through all of the things I knew to do. But what I didn't recognize is that I had an unhealthy soul tie with someone that it was like, um, mm. it was like, this is really weird, but it was almost like I was, I was like connected in, in, and it was like an umbilical cord. It was like feeding me through this relationship because I was choosing to have this unhealthy mm-hmm. um, relationship. And it was um, it was a friendship. And when I say unhealthy, it was just emotionally unhealthy. It was there was control, uh, manipulation, all that kind of stuff. Um, no, not more than that. I just want to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, but this is this is where I want to get to. I didn't recognize and I didn't realize that what it was until after the fact. And so I, I've talked about triggers and this was a entry point. This was a open door to fear manifesting as anxiety. And so I, um, you know, once the Lord, um, you know, had us go our separate ways and he had me say some prayers that I didn't realize was going to, um, cause me to need deliverance. And so you guys, I mean, I was pastoring, I was leading people and, and with my whole heart, I was serving God, you know, and there was a night where, where Matt, you were up with me praying for me all night as I was throwing up all night. And I, I don't want to say that to scare anyone, but I do want to shed light on the fact that it's real. This is real. This is a, this can be a a psychological uh, issue. you know, something in your physical brain. This is also a spiritual issue, guys. And so I, but this is the good news. Once I walk through that, the feeling of anxiety I had dealt with constantly for five years of my life, constantly, it left, completely was gone with the next day. Like it was, it was literally gone. And so it was nothing that I had to like, process or anything that that also is is true in different times in my life but this particular time it was a spiritual issue and so that shed light on for me that you have to know what you're what you're dealing with you know if there is just some lies that you're believing that you need to choose to believe the truth and this is all part of renewing our mind right that is definitely true as well so there are other times where that has been true for me you know i've also dealt with panic attacks um and and those were caused by triggers again um you know there was a season two years ago i've shared about it when i was dealing with debilitating um cluster headaches and i had several uh multiple panic attacks throughout that time for for a variety of reasons 
just due to the the headaches, the pain. And I was driving and I tried to pull over and I couldn't. And so I was literally hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. I, you know, so that there, and I've dealt with that in, in different times. Um, but you know, I just, I, I wanted to share a few of my examples in my own life so that you understand what this can look like. It may look different for you, but it, you know, this is just give, we're just talking. Yeah. Just talking. You know, I want to back up to one thing you said, you know, there's this battle between like we're talking today, faith and anxiety. And I believe that we need to have, we need to redefine some of our definitions, what faith looks like, but also what a leader looks like. And so let me explain what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing and kind of hearing right now. You know, um, to have perception and awareness and acknowledgement is much different than identity. And what we're trying to say is that we don't want to identify with something that's not ours, Right. Uh, identity is actually the, I, w- I would say this, identity is the sum of who you were created to be. It's actually what you carry. It's what is yours. Mm. Many times if we're having anxiety, there's certain things going on. It's something that's happening to us. It's actually not ours, right? And so we don't want to uh, identify and, and identi- identify an aspect of like, this is me. You know, what we want to do is have a perception and awareness because perception awareness is good. It's a good thing. But sometimes when you grow up in our top faith, faith looks like, I mean, this is probably an extreme picture, but many times it's like, hey, I believe it's not raining. And I'm standing out in the middle of rain getting drenched, but my faith <laughs> says it's not raining. No, the perception awareness is that it is raining. So we're not, what, what I want to say is that it's not wrong to have a perception or awareness of something that's happening to you or happening in you. Yeah. I think true faith has to have the center point of having an awareness and perception of an issue, a problem, something that's happening to me, whatever that may look like. That is should be our definition of faith. But the other thing too, if you hit this from a leader standpoint, you know, we need to redefine what a leader is because many times growing up in church, our definition of a leader, whether it's a pastor, evangelist, you know, uh, you know, a prophet, apostle, uh, our definition of leadership many times is the area of, of perfection. Mm. Like this is an example and they need to be perfect. And as a leader, you get trapped in this. Like I have to be perfect for the people I'm leaving. So I can't show any flaws. I can't show any weaknesses. I can't have anxiety. I can't have worry. I can't have this. I can't have that. And what happens, we lose our, we lose the ability to take what we're aware of and what we perceive and make it in to actually a breakthrough point that we carry this breakthrough. We, we have an awareness and perception that we are dealing with something. And I believe when we have an awareness and we're dealing with it, it gives other people permission, right? Because this whole thing about leading shouldn't just be leading from victory, but it's also leading through process. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about this before is I think we've been so good in a testimony culture, but we haven't had a process culture. So testimony many times looks like the perfection of me arriving at a, at a success story, right? 
And, but it didn't really release how I got there. Some of the things I've had to deal to be able to, the tests that I had to go through to get the testimony, the mess I had to go through to get the message. It's just the end point, but it's not the process point. So it doesn't really give people permission. And so I want to speak to the listener right now that, Hey, if you are dealing with anxiety and and whether it's a anxiety order or bouts of anxiety that come and go, you know, this can really be a breakthrough in your awareness and perceptions. Like, Hey, I am dealing with this, but it's also, I got to remind myself that all things work for the good to those who love Christ according to the call to his purpose. So if it's not good yet, it hasn't become good. It's not over yet. And the end point is the fact that, hey, God wants to be able to help me get breakthrough in this area so I can get breakthrough through others. And I think that's even what you're doing right now. You're seeing this as in your own life is that, you know, there's still some process you're dealing with, but you're not, you're actually using it for the goodness of God, not to tear you down, but to actually bring breakthrough to others. Yeah. You're speaking to exactly one thing I've had to overcome is, you know, you talked about the testimony being the end point. And I've always believed, and I do believe this when you, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so testimonies are powerful. And so I always, you know, when I share or I want to minister to people, I always try to minister from that place because I feel like that's where breakthrough is. It's out of the place. What has God done for me? Where, where have I gotten breakthrough in that it releases that tangible breakthrough? And I do believe that, but at the same time, you know, we don't want to negate the fact that sharing through process is just as important because, you know, there's many people out there in process. And so if they're only hearing, oh my gosh, that's great for you. (laughs) That's awesome. But I can't get there. I am so far from where, what you just shared that I feel powerless. And, you know, I shared several months ago here at our church about breaking the power of intimidation. And that was um, a a huge time for me to really kind of put a stake in the ground, if you will, to like, you know what, this is not, this is not going to be the thing that tries to take me out. I'm not going to allow that. And it's not who I am. And I, I love how you were talking about identity because this is so, 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 so huge because I just, for me, and again, we all, we all go through different things and it looks different for everyone. But I know for me, when I feel super down, super discouraged, and there has been moments in my current season, y'all current, yeah, where I have been hit majorly with anxiety and, and bouts of depression. And it's been one of the hardest seasons I've ever walked through emotionally and physically for sure. And, you know, there was times where I felt, I felt that sense of doom. I felt that sense of hopelessness, even though I know in my heart, it's not true. Like I know, and I believed and I, and I, you know, still, you know, prayed in those moments and connected with God and really tried. But you know what I was really like wanting in those moments because I recognized that that wasn't my true identity is I needed my true identity to be called out because I just remember one, one example. I remember when I was literally laying in bed and I could not get up. I couldn't get up. I could not physically get out of bed. I felt so fatigued. I had no energy, lethargy. I just, I had nothing in me to to fight, right? And I remember you came in and you just were like, you know, you were encouraging me and prayed for me. And you're like, hey, um, 
let's call Craig in, in yeah. the, in the moment, you know, everyone knows, I'm sure all our listeners know who Craig Ferris is. <laughs> he's been on previous episodes and he's, he's truly like a brother yeah. to us. And so, um, you know, I absolutely trust him. But at the moment I was like, I don't know. I don't want to like, talk to nobody. I don't right want to talk to anyone. I don't, I'm just being honest. Like yeah. I, you're here with me. That's cool. I really appreciated you trying to, to help me. Um, but he's like, just trust me. I'm going to call him. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> just so you know, though, I actually felt the Lord speak to me that we needed to call him. So it wasn't just like a, just say, let's just call him. It was actually a, a God moment. Yeah. So he called him and this is just a really, really good example of, of allowing the Lord to lead you in these moments, because I feel like there's always a way out. I really believe God is all, mm. there's always a way out. And Craig started speaking, you know, in the way he does, <laughs> and just started calling things out and just talking. And I was like, yep, yep, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Yep, yep, yep. And then he switches modes <laughs> and he starts telling us that he sees the angel um, that God has assigned to me walk into our room. He didn't know we were in our room, of course. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that she had warrior garb on and that she looked like, like you know, Xena, <laughs> the princess warrior. And she had a huge sword in her hand. And he saw her lift up the sword and strike the sword. And she said, Oh no, not on my watch. And the moment he said that, it broke. Yeah. It literally broke the heaviness, mm. the cloud I was under. It just shattered it. And that's why I don't want to underemphasize God moments, God encounters, because I know what yeah. it feels like yeah. to be under the weight. It feels like the weight of the world is on you and you physically can't get out of it. And, but when he said that, I saw the angel, I saw exactly what he was <laughs> saying on. and I felt the sword come down and break it. And it literally broke. And for several, several weeks, I did not feel it at all. I did not feel any anxiety, any worry, any, I just felt normal. <laughs> if there is such a thing, you know, you, you just feel like yourself, right? You feel like, yeah, this is, this is how it's supposed to feel. You know, has it crept back up? Yeah, it has. There's a lot of reasons for that, but I, I do feel like there is some major triggers via, you know, transition via some practical things that we're dealing with yeah. right now and some decisions and things. Um, but you know, I feel good today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's a, a reoccurring thing that you're really speaking to is that many times we don't know our triggers and it's actually yep. one of the foundation things we taught in our school for many years is actually help people bring breakthrough is know what trip, what, what triggers you, what trips you up and what stirs you up. What are the things that stir you up, create passion and what are the things that trigger you? But you know, as we're talking about this whole concept of removing stigma, faith and anxiety, you know, it's almost like I want to give the listener permission right now in, in the aspect that true faith is not an illusion. It's a reality. Yeah. But faith can't become a reality until we, until we actually uh, have a perception, awareness, and acknowledgement of our current reality. And so to not have that awareness and say, hey, I am dealing with this. I'm warm with this. Like, and I have permission to do that. Like, 
how I mean, throughout Scripture, I, I just see as Jesus is walking, how his life and the questions he asks uh, different people are giving people permission into an invitation for breakthrough. And so many times in religious circles or growing up in Christianity uh, that has a form of religion, right? Having a form of power, but did not uh, having a form of power, but not actually having power because it's become more principles rather than uh, encounter. What has happened is that people actually walk around with more shame and guilt because it's like, well, you don't have faith. If you had true faith, you wouldn't have anxiety. You'd get up this and that. And so it's almost like a faith that is denying reality rather than a faith that's actually working with your reality for breakthrough. And that's what's needed. Yeah. And, and we, we know enough to know that the enemy always wants to hijack yeah. a, a vulnerable moment, right? Yeah. And so if we're dealing with something on one level, he wants to come in and, and exaggerate it. And yeah. so there, we're not, uh, we definitely want to understand that there's some spiritual warfare that happens, right? Yeah. It's real. Um, that that time that I was talking about when when Craig had um, when we were on the phone with him, that was actually um, the same weekend that I was supposed to preach, and so um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was speaking on breaking the power of intimidation. <laughs> so so like duh, like you know, I, I think in retrospect, you know, it's like we can see things twenty twenty in hindsight, right? Yeah. It's like oh, of course, you know. Of course, I should have known how how to get breakthrough in that moment. I should have recognized. No, I did recognize. And that's why the shame sometimes is so intense is because you recognize what's happening, but you feel like you can't get out of it. That's that's the hardest part when you feel this overwhelming sense of anxiety or depression. But I also want to point out what you just said, babe, is that just because I was dealing with that didn't mean that I wasn't anointed. Yeah, It didn't mean that God hasn't gifted me. Yep. It didn't mean that I, um, you know, wasn't connected to him. That's a huge one because I feel like a, a lot of people believe either about themselves or about other people that deal with anxiety. Well, they're just disconnected. They're just yeah. disconnected from people or God. Like that's the only, the only, you know, yeah. that's just the fact. But I was seeking the Lord and I really felt like that wasn't it. Yeah. I was relationally connected. I was trying to reach out to people that were close to me. I let my husband in. I, you know, he's the one that called <laughs> Craig, so I can't take credit for that. But I, <laughs> but I was reaching out to some of my friends. You know, there's, but again, all of that just points out to the fact that you can be strong. In fact, you you are strong and courageous. The fact that you're not allowing it to become your identity, but walking through, walking through it with your head held high and don't stop. You know, one, one of my hardest seasons I ever went through physically and anxiety came and, and, and hijacked that vulnerable moment, um, was I kept hearing the quote that Chris Valentin always says, you know, when you're walking through the hallway of hell, yeah. don't stop. Like, and I, and it's kind of comical looking back, but that is such a huge, like it just helped me get through those moments where it's like, I don't know what I can do in this moment. But I just kept hearing that quote, when you're walking through the hallway, hell, don't stop. So everything I could in my power to keep moving forward, even if it was inch by inch, centimeter by centimeter, I would continue to do that. There's always a breakthrough point. 
There's yeah. always a breakthrough point. And you know, one of the things I want to do, just leave some practical tips as we begin to uh, transition this uh, episode out, is that, you know, uh, one of the things I've learned is actually something we teach in our emotional, uh, new creation, emotional intelligence course that we're actually developing right now is something that's really helped me uh, as a breakthrough. And, and, a, and actually, it's what I call emotional processing. And I actually took our staff through it uh, a couple of weeks ago during one of our uh, meetings was that, you know, step one is you want to, if, if you are dealing with anxiety or fear, I'll give you an example for myself. Uh, not too long ago, I started dealing with some high level anxiety and fear due to lack of provision. And so I went through my emotional process. It really helped me get some breakthrough. Number one, the first step you want to do is you want to find a recent incident that was a trigger. We talked about triggers. So what was the incident that triggered or caused an emotional discomfort? You know, one of the things we have to understand is that our emotions are actually telling us something. It's not a negative thing. They're actually trying to tell us something. And so look at an incident where you had some emotional discomfort, whether it was fear, anxiety, something that manifests in that aspect and look what triggered that. Was it a thought? Was it a situation? Was it trauma? And then begin to step two, look at the feeling, name it and write it down. So when you see the trigger, you feel the emotional discomfort. What was the emotion? Look for the feeling, name it, write it. Was it anxiety? Was it fear? Was it anger? You know, what, what, what was the actual emotional response uh, third step is try to find the underlying thought that produces that feeling. Many times there is a thought that this isn't for everybody. Remember, we talked about anxiety. Many times it could be fear, but it also could be ge- genetics. So there could be some uh, chemical things going on. Uh, so this may not work for you, but those uh, that maybe it's a thought that's triggered, this will help you to understand that. So third step is try to find the underlying thought that produces that feeling. Maybe, you know, ask the Holy Spirit. Maybe the thought was, I'm always stupid right? Could be a thought that we deal with that we didn't know. Uh, The fourth thing you want to do to help in this process is dispute it. And what you want to dispute it with is what's your kingdom identity? What are your prophetic words spoken over you? What's a fact about your life that's true, that you know it's true? What's a scripture? Maybe it's a life scripture or just common sense. What you want to do is pick something that you know is truth and specifically with your identity. And what you want to do is, is you want to use this and write it down and you want to dispute it with the feeling with the trigger, with the thought, and then write down the new feeling that you're experiencing as you dispute it with the truth that comes up with a new explanation or perspective. So I'll give you an example of what it looked like for me. So it, the incident was a lack of provision. That was the trigger. The feeling was anxiety or fear. So the underlying thought I dealt with as I asked the Holy Spirit was I felt powerless over finances. I felt so powerless. So it triggered, it caused this And so here's the dispute. I looked over some of my prophetic words over things that people have told me over the truth that I know about who I am. And the thing was, I am a resource. There's always enough. And I started remembering times when we were campus ministries where he brought us through and he always brought us through. So as I'm having this and I'm disputing it and I'm seeing these new thoughts and I'm realizing I am a resource, that's my identity new emotions started actually coming up that begin to take me out of the emotion of anxiety and fear. And so this is actually something practical you could actually use that will actually help you. And we actually teach this in our emotional processing um, as part of the new creation, emotional intelligence. Yeah, that's really good. And really we 
talking about displacing and replacing, right? We, we displace the lie and we have to replace it with something. And so, you know, a few weeks ago when we had Cindy and Brooke more on, Cindy had mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy as well. And so, you know, this is, it's, it's powerful. And, and she talked about how it, it really retrains the brain to think differently. And, yeah. and it's all about renewing our mind. And so if there is something chemical, something going yeah. on in your brain, um, you know, she had said how wonderful it worked and how amazing mm-hmm. it was. I have not personally done this, but I know just by her recommendation and, yeah. and that could be a huge resource for you. And so, um, you know, we just want to make sure you understand that if there is something going on in your body, seek out the help you need. Yeah. Go to the doctor, go to uh, a counselor, a professional counselor. Yes. Um, you know, I feel like one of the reasons why counseling is so important and so profound, whether it's a professional um, licensed counselor, um, you know, if you feel like you, you need to do that, I highly suggest you do that. Um, you know, if, if this is just something you're, you're just struggling with, with a certain topic or you're walking through something that you're, you need just some counsel on, you know, to see a mentor or a pastor to yeah. that, that's a great place to start as well. But, you know, I feel like it all goes back to, I feel like one of the most powerful things that, that counseling can do and in the midst of many other things is that it does call forth the truth. It yeah. calls forth the truth of who you are and the truth of what you're dealing with. And you know, there's so many things when you're in that place where, where lies overwhelm, they overwhelm you and they don't give you a way out. They don't give you solutions. Yeah. And so we understand that, you know, it's one thing to know the, the, the issue or the problem, but it's another to, to grab a hold of the solution. And I feel like, um, you know, a counselor can really call out the truth of your identity. And a lot of times that's really what's needed yeah. is when you believe you are who God says you are, a lot of those emotions, um, can't stay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think what's helped us is that we've had pastor friends of us, of ours, tell us that they've went to counseling and I love that because I think for so long, there's been shame about getting help with counseling, especially for leaders. Like it's, it's shameful, but the more leaders that come forward and begin to say, Hey, I've gone through counseling or I'm going through counseling. It gives people permission to be able to go out and get help. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this topic's so big. I know we probably have to do another episode on that, but uh, wow, this was so fun today, babe. And I'm just believing that people are going to walk away with tangible breakthrough and just be able to have permission, that faith and anxiety that there's this war going on, but they have permission to go on this journey to really get some breakthrough. Well, guys, thank you for taking some time today out of your day to listen to this episode. It means a lot to us. Hey, guys, if this episode or podcast has enriched your life, would you share this with a friend or family member as it helps us to extend our reach? Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.